Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know, wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the show. Todd Zwillikin for John Hockenberry today. All this week, we're looking at the debate over privacy and security. It's part of a series we're calling Lockup, Encryption, and the Law. Yesterday, we heard from Manhattan District Attorney Sirens Vance Jr. and the case for allowing law enforcement to access encrypted devices. Vance's view is one echoed by FBI Director James Comey, among others. But of course, it's just one side of this debate. Julian Sanchez is senior fellow at the Cato Institute, and he has a very different perspective here. As Sanchez sees it, weakening encryption would open up technology to holes that could be exploited by criminals or terrorists. He says that contrary to what law enforcement officials say, today's technology does a lot less to impede investigations than it does to help them. If it were the case that because phones are encrypted now, uh, the police were just completely unable to investigate and prosecute uh, crimes of all sorts, uh, that would be a pretty strong case for thinking very hard about some kind of mandate. But if you look at all the myriad sources of information the police have when they're conducting investigations that they didn't have even 20 or 10 years ago, it's very hard to take seriously the idea that the police are suddenly going dark or going to be rendered unable to do their jobs. All that valuable evidence and data uh, that uh, they're worried about not being able to access locked behind a phone is evidence that for the most part they would never have had at all 10 or 20 years ago. 20 years ago, we didn't all carry devices that track us everywhere we go. Uh, We didn't have devices that keep these detailed records forever of all the conversations we're having, uh, and certainly that keep those records not just on the device itself, but in the hands of third parties that can be subpoenaed. Well, Julian Sanchez, let me have you listen to Cyrus Vance Jr., the Manhattan district attorney who was on with us just yesterday talking about his argument to have access to this information because it helps him and his colleagues solve crimes. Uh, What I want to do is to have Apple uh, be able to maintain its in its own possession a digital key to unlock its own devices. I don't want a key. Uh, All I want Apple to do is when a judge has determined by looking at a criminal case that there's a need to get into this device – Uh, and issues an order, uh, that that order can be effectuated. And the evidence, which, by the way, is evidence that we're trying to put together to deal with uh, the thousands and thousands of of state cases all around the country, that's the evidence we're trying to achieve. Julian Sanchez, there's Cyrus Vance Jr., the DA in New York, arguing that he doesn't want the key to an Apple phone. He knows that it would be inappropriate for him to have the key to an Apple phone. He wants Apple to have the key to the Apple phone and for Apple to use the key when a judge under the Fourth Amendment says to use the key. So what's wrong with that? That's a less terrible model than the government itself having all the keys. But it does ultimately mean you're deliberately weakening the security of a system. You are inserting into a system that's designed to protect user communication, software designed to cause it to work against that person's will. That's inherently a form uh, of vulnerability that creates uh, potential for uh, exploitation by others. So uh, if, for example, there's some kind of master key uh, Apple has, the security of all the devices then becomes dependent on the security of that key. So for an attacker who's thinking about whether to invest resources in breaking the cryptographic protection on a certain kind of device, the question is no longer, uh, what's my return on breaking this particular device? But rather, the question is, what's my return on 
investing the resources to break the master key that gives me access to all of them. Uh, and certainly, uh, if Apple's holding the key for the sake of our government, there's just no way it's only going to be our government that makes use of it. Once you say Apple and Google and other device manufacturers have to hold a key for a U.S. government use, you're implicitly saying they're going to have a key for Saudi Arabian government use, the Russian government's use, the Chinese government's use. Uh, and then the question is, are the kinds of petty crimes you're solving uh, more easily? Is that worth throwing under the bus everywhere around, in the, around the world living under repressive regimes that would benefit from having the kind of security and shield against governments that are going to punish them not for things we would consider crimes, but for speech against the regime? Okay, petty crimes is one thing, but I know you're prepared for the counterexample because you have to be, which is the example that law enforcement uses. It's not a petty crime. It's a it's a terrible murder. It's a multiple murder that took place, and it's not a hard situation really to imagine in a hypothetical, Julian, where the murderer was texting on his iPhone that he's about to do it or bragging to a friend that he did do it, and he was careful in every other way. It's not hard to imagine that real evidence for that crime is on that phone, and Cyrus Vance and James Comey say, we got to be able to look on that phone. It's nuts that we can't tell the family of the murdered victims that we can't look on the phone. Are there going to be genuinely bad uh, crimes where there's going to be evidence that would be useful to the, the, the police on that phone? There doubtless will be. There are doubtless going to be cases where it would be easier for the police to not have to bother getting a warrant to uh, to get access to evidence. There are going to be cases where uh, protections for civil liberties, protections for the security of innocent people also make things harder for police. And in some cases, that might even mean a case goes unsolved. Uh, the question is, do we think that's going to be so many cases the trade-off is worth it? And that's hard to believe. The FBI has complained, James Comey has complained in public, that the perpetrators of the shooting in Garland, Texas, sent, he said, 109 messages over an encrypted platform on an app that they just can't read. Now, this is different than a key for an iPhone. But now we're talking about backdoors. We're talking about giving law enforcement the ability to get in and monitor terrorists. So, again, one thing I note here is that very often... The problem of encryption, the supposed problem of encryption, is invoked before there's any kind of public evidence that that was actually what interfered with an investigation. I mean, before the blood had dried in Paris, we heard uh, cries for encryption backdoors as a solution when it seems increasingly clear now that uh, the plotters there were, were communicating either in person or on Facebook uh, or via other unencrypted channels like ordinary text messaging. Encryption becomes a kind of scapegoat for the failure of intelligence services, whether or not it had anything to do with why an attack wasn't detected. But what's important to recognize here is that if you actually look at the encryption tools that are advocated for, for use by organizations like ISIS, it's not tools that any kind of U.S. mandate is going to affect. The most popular encrypted communication software out there is not stuff that's made by U.S. corporations you can serve with an order uh, to give the government a back door. You, at the end of the day, there just isn't in practice a way to stop bad people from using encryption. There's only a way to make it more con inconvenient and insecure for law-abiding people to use encryption. Julian Sanchez, a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. Julian Sanchez, thanks a lot. Thank you.